on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. And now, live from Phoenix FM, Oliver Buck, Mike Brown, and Darren Burrows bring you the Orient Hour. Welcome, bienvenido, howdy, wherever you're listening from. We're delighted to have you here for another edition of the Orient Hour. And boy, am I excited to introduce you to our panel this evening. <coughs> We've got a wealth of knowledge to tap into over the next 60 minutes as we're joined by the long-suffering, which I suppose is a polite way of saying slightly older Orient fans. We're joined by Lee Boyce, Howard Miller and Trevor Singfield. And fresh from the press box, he resembles Harry Potter and he's a multimedia wizard. Leighton Orient's media manager, Elliot Byrne, joined us in the studio as well. And we've got a shed load to get through this week. As we've had news coming out of the club, some positive and some not so positive, left, right and centre. We'll also be looking over Saturday's 1-1 draw against Hartlepool. Now the O's travel 258 miles north from E10 to the Super 6 Stadium, where they face a Hartlepool side who had only won twice in their last eight games. But you wouldn't have thought it looking at the opening stages of the game, as Hartlepool started much more brightly and coupled with plenty of mindless fouls from the boys in red, they found themselves with plenty of opportunities to get the ball into the box from set pieces in dangerous areas. However, the impressive newly formed partnership of Hap and Turley managed to deal with Hartlepool's deliveries and it was the O's who managed to take the lead against the run of play. After some great hold-up play and skill from Harold in the Hartlepool penalty area, he laid it off to Makinoff who hit it well. But it was the deflection that saw his effort trickle into the bottom left-hand corner of Scott Loach's goal in the 22nd minute. And this goal seemed to settle the O's down as they went in search for a second goal and Macaulay Bond came very close to doubling the lead after Jamie Turley flicked on Charlie Lee's long throw. But Bond just missed out on the ball at the back stick and the score remained at 1-0. And the O's would go on to regret not taking this chance as Hartlepool piled the pressure on towards the end of the first half and the referee was probably only 20 seconds away from blowing his whistle before Kabamba picked up a loose ball on the edge of Orient's penalty area following a decent challenge from Turley but Kabamba came out on top as he fired the ball into the net right on the stroke of half-time. And it was a massive blow for Edinburgh's side, as this felt as though it could have been a big turning point in the match. Now, the second half picked up where it left off, and as expected, following their late first-half goal, Hartlepool continued to pile the pressure onto the O's, and the Monkey Hangers won themselves a penalty in the 58th minute after Joe Widdison bundled Kabamba in the Orient box after a swift counter-attack following Orient's corner. However, for the second time in a row, Orient's number one, Dean Brill, pulled off an impressive save down to his left to to deny Liam Noble from the spot. Orient grew into the second half and after Brill's save, and the 439 travelling fans were treated to an end-to-end game of football, but neither side managed to find the winner, although Joe Widdison came close in the 92nd minute, but Scott Loach denied him. And the game ended with both, with both sides, probably deservedly so, sharing the points. Let's hear what Justin Edinburgh had to say to Ozone's Dave Victor after the game. Well, Justin, thanks very much for joining us. Was that a point gained? I always think that uh, you know on the road any any points valuable. I think it was a tough encounter, very scrappy. The conditions were were not great, but um, yeah, no, I think it's a definitely a look at it as a point game today. I'd imagine you'll be disappointed with the manner in which the equaliser was conceded. Yeah, I think that would be. Uh, uh, 
disappointment today is our game management. You know, at times where we were in good positions, had the team on the back foot in our own half, um, but we just never seemed to manage the, the play behind that. And you know, one or two times we got caught in a counter attack today, which very unlike us. So, and and, and the goal looked a bit much like that. You know, it's a bit scrappy, but you know, with five, ten seconds to go, we've got to be seeing that out. What about the penalty? Any arguments with the decision? I haven't. Um, yeah, once it's given, it's a, you know, Dean, the form he's in, he's, he, he's earned us the point today um, with a great save. You know, but Davey's not had a lot else to The majority of the play, I believe, was in, in their final third. You know, they got some good blocks in today. Uh, one or two of them looked like they were going to be nestling in the back of the net, but... Yeah, it wasn't to be, you know, but like I say, I think um, I, I like the character of, of the performance rather than the play. But um, yeah, no, obviously, um, going back to it, I, I couldn't really see if it was a penalty or not. Dean Bull has been your ever-present and he has been outstanding, hasn't he? He has, um, you know, epitomises, you know, for me, what we're about this year. It's, uh, he's, he's reliable, he's he's game management is, is experience is vital you know in today's game again he comes out and uh, you know makes that good save for the penalty and, and, and keeps us in the game the lead at the top has been cut to just one point now but Salford losing at Braintree the National League is incredible isn't it it is it's getting tight um, but we spoke you know over this week as a group and you know we, we can only affect ourselves our games um, difficult place to come here and you know the top four have got to come here and they'll find that difficult so it is getting tight but you know it's still top by a point and that's a, that's a fantastic achievement still top despite all the absentees uh, Jordan Maguire drew one of the latest what's the news regarding his calf injury yes uh, just it'll be okay for next week I believe uh, just game come too quick for him uh, you know we had one or two playing with a few knocks out there again today at the end but uh we're hoping, you know, that, that by the come the end of this month that we should be getting reinforcements in the terms of the returning players from injury. So Jordan should be fine now. Uh, Josh Colson, Marvin Ekpatita are out running. Um, so James Dayton's out running now. So, you know, it, it's going to be a real boost with reinforcements because we're going to need them going into that busy period. Sam Ling-Hill? Yes, uh, tonsillitis. It's, um, like again, you know, it was a... Uh, decision obviously where we came up yesterday we, we made a decision to leave my own because of travelling on the coach being around the players we didn't want it to spread so um, I'm, I'm sure that'll clear up by next week it wouldn't be a post-match interview if I didn't <laughs> ask you about signings and I didn't ask you about uh, Jay Simpson so I'll change it slightly is there any player at the moment you would like to bring in Oh, I, listen, Jay's training with us. Um, we're very interested in him. I think that um, we're in a position where we've we spoke at the latter part of this week um, with him, and and you know we've 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 put it to him what we we feel we can uh, offer him. He knows what we're about, so we'll see if them them talks can go any further. Finally, for me, Justin, it's a long way. I know that uh, Dream Team meant that the, the, the coach travel was yeah. free, but amazing travelling support. Absolutely, you know, you, you have to take your hat off to them. People they have left early, you know, okay, they've put the travel on, but it's still the expenditure of the match day ticket, you know, to come here today um, was a remarkable, you know, uh, of what they did and what they've done all season. So, you know, delighted that we could send them home. Obviously not as happy as we'd like, but again, another valuable point on the road and we're still top of the league. Thank you, Justin. Thank, Thank you. you.
Now, let's put this point into perspective, Lee. Justin thinks it was a point gained, but do you think this was points that we dropped here? No, not all. No, uh, Hartlepool's always a, a tough place for us to go. And uh, like I said earlier, they've got a new manager, which always seems to be the way with us, is that we turn around and play a team that's got a new manager, so they're going to be up for it even more. I don't think, I think going to Hartlepool and getting a point's a good result anytime. Like, you know, I think we've done well. Well, because Braintree were the last team to go there and they found themselves a, a goal up and Hartlepool pulled off a comeback and Braintree have now gone on to beat Salford. It's a funny old league, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is a, uh, everyone, not everyone can beat everyone, but there was always shock results coming around. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, you've got to respect the point like, at the end of the day. I, I'm happy with that. Could be a vital one coming in. It's the performance as well. The performance was good. We weren't lucky to scrape a point. We've gone up there... Could have won it, but a draw is a great result. Uh, Trevor, there was a, a few notable absentees from uh, yesterday's team. What were your initial uh, thoughts on, on the team yesterday? Well, I would have liked to have seen JMD in instead of Brophy, full stop. I think he's a better player than what I've seen so far. Um, like for like with Sam Ling being out, he puts in... Oh, I can't think of his name in there. Miles Judge. Miles Judge, yeah. <laughs> he puts him straight back in and I don't think it's much to choose between the, the pair of him at all. So the only concern that most those fans were talking about on the train up there is who partners Bond and it's the conundrum that at the moment needs unlocking in certain supporters' eyes. Obviously not Justin's because he's put in um, Harold who's given the assist to um, Joby's rather fortunate goal. But... On a personal note, I've seen the partnerships on all of them now, and I quite like Bond with uh, Alavi, just for that little bit more physicality when obviously Josh is not available, so that's where I've put my uh, colours on the mask. Well, this is the thing, because both Alavi and Harold were given a chance to impress Justin yesterday, and considering we've got a slightly congested fixture list coming up and Chrome's out injured, out of the two of them, Lee, who do you think stake their best claim for that second or third choice striker position, especially with Satiria coming through as well? I think the pair of them never do enough to, to, to stake that claim. One of them will have a good game one week and then a bad game and vice versa. So I think Justin's got a, an odd job there because he doesn't know which one's going to put in the shift on the, on the same day. So he's literally got to do every game on its merit. On, on the opposition, on the opposition's defence, I think he's done a lot... Harold done okay to start with. Alabi come on yesterday and looked decent. But this game's it's gone the other way and neither of them have done anything. So I'd like to see Satorio come through. Like, I'd like to see him come off the bench for the last 15 minutes. He's raw, he's, he's got pace. And let's see what he can do if he brings something fresh. Well, because this is the thing. Satorio impressed against Welling and Blythe over the last fortnight or so. And seeing that we were, we were drawing the game 1-1, one, one, you know... We were lacking creativity, and Justin still had a change to make. Do you think it was the right call to not introduce such an exciting talent such as Ruel Satirio? Uh, well, like I said, I mean, I'd like personally, I'd like to see him come in. Obviously, Justin has got faith in in what he's doing. So, well, we've got faith in what Justin's doing. But yeah, like I said, personally, I'd like to see the, the boy Satirio given a chance. Like, you know, what I mean, like the last 10, 15 minutes, even a, a, like to bring on another forward. I'd like to see what he can do on a little run. Uh, uh, yesterday, Oink consistently gave away free kicks in what I call dangerous areas. Uh, do you think that's a lack of discipline or cause, you know, cause for concern, Howard? I don't know if it's a cause for concern, but obviously if you're going to give free kicks away in sort of dangerous areas, 25 yards out, then 
um, or 30 yards out and then you, you're putting yourself in a bit of a situation at times and putting the defence under pressure so yeah it's a bit of sort of sort of management and sort of uh, cohesion probably needed at those moments and not diving in maybe jockeying a little bit more so you're not giving away you know numerous free kicks which they, they have done lately to be honest to answer your question so yeah it's just a little bit more sort of tactical gameplay and um, as I say, just maybe standing in front of the player, not not diving in, because you know they are sort of costing us a little bit at the moment. Well, in the first half alone, we gave away. I think it must have been at least over ten set pieces yeah. in yeah. dangerous positions. Do you think that was also, or potentially, what Hartlepool were going for? Do you think maybe looking at we've got a, a newly formed young centre back pair in? Do you think Hartlepool might have thought, well, let's pile some pressure onto him? I think what a lot of, a lot of teams have done is looks at the referee as well. I mean, the referee over. Uh, a few games, quite a few games, it's given some shocking decisions against us, like for fouls. Like. So I think play, other teams have seen this and know that they can play not just the fact that we've got a, a, an unexperienced uh, centre-half partnership, they look at the referee and think, well, if we mix it up a little bit, nine times out of ten, we're going to get a free kick here. And so I think the point's been proven over, over a good few games this season. But th- I thought the ref had a decent game yesterday, um, at least for the first 60, 65 minutes until we kind of lost control most of the decisions in the first half were right Orient were just giving away needless free kicks yeah I mean it's it's, it's decision making isn't it at the end of the day I mean yesterday you got the wind as well I mean that was a it was freezing strong, wasn't it a strong oh, wind word. going on there it was weren't difficult, it? But, it was difficult so yeah they make decisions some days the decisions decisions are made right some days they ain't so, like, by the players sort of thing yesterday was one of them days where yeah they give away needless free kicks like you said the referee did have a good game other times they make the right decisions, other games, they make the right decisions, but the referee gives the free kick. So mm. I think it just swings around about really. Uh, and the ref did make quite a big call in the early on in the second half. Uh, Trevor, you you didn't think it was a penalty on, on the Hartlepool struck. You thought it was outside the area, but it was the right call <coughs> upon seeing it again, do you think? Well, when it showed me the, the video that he took, and obviously he's in the box, but from behind the goal, limited view, yeah, it looks soft and... Uh, the forward was obviously looking for him and he puts his foot out and he, he, he takes the opportunity to go down and thankfully Brill saves it. But going back to the referee, I, we should know by now in this division the officiating ain't the greatest and the players should know that by now. And yeah, Hartlepool got 70% of the decisions where Orin, well, should have got some, but... But that's, that's funny because... It, it gets frustrating when you see consistently... I felt the referee was in favour of Hartlepool because we're the, allegedly the big team and it's all oh, a, bit of a bit of an underdog winning here. You know, you see all the time in FA Cup games and other things that the officials do get carried away by the occasion sometimes, not actually making clear decisions. And there was a few like that yesterday. I mean, I don't know why I want to give away free kicks. It's just... I mean, Craig Clay, he's, he's unlucky sometimes to give give the free kicks away, Charlie Lee, maybe he's just lacking off the pace a little bit, both come back from injuries, but I don't think it's a, a, a major problem to worry about. And and the players kind of would agree with you, as there, that at the end of the game you had Joby McEnough and a few others having words with the referee at the full-time whistle, but Ellie, do you think Orient were fortunate to not give away a second penalty later on when there was a bit of a scramble in the box? You mean the Jamie Turley tackle? I'll be honest, there were a lot of bodies in the way. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was no. a player went down and injured. I, I, was it yeah. a penalty? No, not at all. Uh, I've seen that tackle back and Jamie makes an unbelievable challenge. It was firm, but completely fair. Okay, because I did want to ask Lee, and um, we 
if anyone who's looked at your Twitter account will know what a fan you are of young Dan Happy. Because um, they impressed again yesterday, especially considering, as we've already mentioned, the blistering cold wind, cold and wind, and not to mention there was that low winter sun in that first half. But they dealt well with an energetic and threatening Hartlepool side, didn't they? Well, they have. I mean, they've come together. Uh, and they've just looked like they've been playing together for years. They're so, but like I said before, Happy being a left footer gives the centre-half partnership a better balance. It, it always will do, having like the right foot and a left footer. And like I said, they're both, they're both good players. Happy's coming through, Turley's more experienced, and they've just they've got the understanding. And they look, like I said, for me, the other two, Coulson and Nekbatetta coming back, don't walk straight back into that side. But do you think they will? Do you think they'll, do you think they'll find themselves in there? Coulson's going to come in with a lot of experience. He's won this league. So he's going to bring experience. Equiteta brings in a lot of pace. Probably he's got more than Danny. He's probably got more than Turley as well. Uh, so it is a good, good, good argument for him. Yes, to walk straight back in. But both of them two, or either of them two, are going to feel hard done by if they're if they're not in the side. Uh, Elliot, uh, Joby may have seen his uh, effort fortune to trickle in, into the net by a deflection. Um, but how much do you think he made his own luck in that situation? He's a quality player, isn't he? Yeah, just uh, a bit. Just a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, I thought he had a really good game yesterday, particularly first half. I thought he was dictating a lot of uh, Orient's play. Um, and you know, if you get when you when you get a shot off from that, when you get a shot off in that area of the pitch, there's always a chance that it will, you know, take a defection and, and go in. It was good hold up work by by Matty before to uh, create the chance and. Uh, and it just, you know, it, it went in. The luck works both ways. I thought their goal was rather, it was sort of a fortuitous, fortuitous situation. Big words um, for you, Elliot. Yeah, <laughs> I struggled with that one. Um, <laughs> but, it, no, it, it dropped to their player. Um, and just as ours sort of dropped into the corner when it could have dropped mm. wide, that's it, just, just how it happens. Because in the second half as well, there was one effort you went for. It was a... Uh, Bit of a experimental, maybe you'd say it was a scissor kick flying in the air. I don't know if you remember it, but that just shows the the confidence and the swagger he's playing with. Can you remember that strike, Elliot? You're looking at me a bit blankly now. <laughs> uh, yeah, Joe. I mean, they're playing with real confidence, and um, I mean, he's got 705 appearances to his name, and and had a great great career. So um, I think he's really enjoying his football at the minute. So, um, how much of an impact did it have on the O's conceding so late? In that in that first half, I mean, look, what, what ten seconds left? I, I counted that. that there was I think, twenty seconds left until yeah. the forty-eighth minute. How, how big of a blow is that to concede so late on? Yeah, big blow. I thought. Um, I think they thought there's a scene out of the half. Um, say they gave away another sort of set piece, um, which led to it. As Elliot said, the ricochet, but. I think going into the second half, I felt personally at half-time that the, the next ten, first ten minutes of the second half will be very important. I thought they'd be a bit gun ho go, you know, go for us, and we sort of withstood that to a certain extent. So once we got through that that period, which was pretty good for Orient after half time, uh, that uh, you know we we came on strong. We came we came back into it very well, and only three four block tackles. Um, we probably would have won the game. So. Yeah, certainly got got through that period and uh, pushed on from there in the second half. Because Macaulay Bond had a great chance to level the scores about five ten minutes before at the back stick. If that had gone in, you know, you, thought, you we would have probably found ourselves going in two 0 up, and Trevor, we would have basically been been on our way to three points. There, wouldn't we? 
Well, you'd hope so. I mean, they have seen a lot of games out that way. But I'd like to go back to the point you make about Joby getting a bit of luck. It's one criticism I would have about the Orient. We don't shoot enough. And over recent games with JND's deflection and Joby's one, we should have a few more pot shots from all over. We're trying to walk the ball in too much sometimes, especially at home. If we start banging them in, because they, they, they all know where the target is and it's proven. But yeah, 2 0, we, we should have. We would have seen the game out because they, they, weren't, they weren't great, Harleypool. And we only had to play the conditions then. And I thought we then could have just gone long and, and bought Malabi on and just don't play in the middle of the park, play the conditions, see the game out. But I'm with Lee, it's a point game because if we go on Saturday, beat Maidenhead, it's seven out of nine for February. And I'm sure that's Edinburgh's target. Well, because this is the thing, Lee, if you look at yesterday's game, the O's didn't create tons of chances, there, were, there weren't many clear-cut ones. Do you think that was down to a lack of creativity, or maybe was it just a, a solid away game plan from Justin? I think, I think you've got to take into account the weather as well. Like, like we said before, that wind made it hard to play football and keep the ball on the floor anyway. So, you, you're not going to create many chances playing in conditions like that. I think we've gone through games where we don't create a lot and then we've gone through games where we create quite a few. I think it's just like how it, how it, how it comes to pass on the day. I don't think, I don't think yesterday was oh, that major problem. We see that Bond had a couple of chances that another day, go in. Then yeah. He scores both of them on another day and we're three, three new up or three one up. But he did look somewhat isolated yesterday and, and Bond himself wasn't really coming up with tons. Do you think it's crucial for a, for a striker like him to have a quality partnership striker like he has with Karoma? Absolutely. I mean, like I've said before, for me, Bond's one of the most natural goal scorers we've had Dan probably ever in my lifetime, Dan Orient. But he needs someone with him. Uh, that's, I think, the disappointing thing for everyone. Like I was just saying earlier on about uh, the other two, Alarby and, and Harold. Neither of them are doing enough to sort of build a partnership, either with each other or with Bond. And that's where we're lacking, where we're missing Karoma, because... When we play with Corona and Bond up front, we're, we're, we're a totally different side. We look like we're going to score goals for fun. And when we haven't got them, uh, we haven't got Corona, it, it's a totally different game. But it, it's, it's felt a little bit in, in recent weeks that it, it's Bond and Harold, it's Bond and Alabi, or, or it's, it's Alabi and Harold. Do you think maybe Justin needs to pick a partnership and let them get on? Well, not with them two, because like I said, like I've already said, it's like. Neither of them do enough to stay in the team every week. But but maybe does Alabi, maybe if you give him that run of five, ten games, do you think you could see something come from him from there? Possibly. <laughs> possibly. Uh, I'd say no. But uh, like I said, I, I've sort of defended Alabi quite a bit this season. And I still think coming off the bench is where he's at this season. Coming off the bench for the last 15, 20 minutes, he, he causes problems. And I think that's really where he stays. Someone like Harold, with his experience, I'd really expect him to step up to the plate a bit more mm. and, and form that partnership with a with a young striker like Bond. And do you think Alabi created enough pressure coming off the bench, Howard? Do you think when he came on and was given a chance, do you think he did enough? Yeah, I personally I agree with what Trevor said. I thought you know he was he had quite a good game. His his, his physicality really helped to the sort you know the last part of the game. And uh, he created a couple of chances. He had one, you know. Honest, Trev said we didn't, sh we're not shooting much. But I thought actually we did have quite a few shots yesterday, and they made some very good blocks, very good blocks, which were on target. Whether the keeper have saved them all, I don't know. He had a great game, but you know, a couple of them could have nestled in the back of the net. So um, yeah, I, th I thought we did okay. But just to go back with with Bon, when you 
when you've got someone like Karoma you built up such a great partnership, it literally they become sort of like telepathic and they know where the other one's running or where he's going to flick it onto without even looking. So with Alabi or Harold, for Bond to recreate that, it, it's virtually impossible really. It's just not the same on the same sort of wavelength or, you know, what he's had with Karoma. So. Yeah, Karoma can't come back soon enough. No, exa- exactly, <laughs> exactly. So you've got to battle through and agree with the others, you know. It's, it's In a way, it's a good point because, you know, you, you're not having Karoma there. When, when those two play, you're literally taking four or five players from the opposition out of the game. I mean, there's been occasions when, when Karoma's played, he's had three or four on him, i.e. Yeah. Salford. Yeah. So he's been found out a bit and, you know, he's... Players are respecting him now for that and doubling up on him, but you know, I'll say no. Alabi, he had a good game when he came on, but he's got to reproduce it more to you know justify that position. Uh, as mentioned earlier, Dean Brill managed to save a penalty, keeping it at one-one. Elliot, how key is Dean Brill and you know to the squad? And do you think he's actually underrated? Actually, yeah, I do. I think he's. I think he's had. Um, a fantastic season. Um, it was obviously the you know the first major decision that um, the Gaffer had to make when he came in, and he's played I think every minute under the Gaffer um, that um, every minute under the Gaffer since he took charge. And and I mean it's what seventeen or so clean sheets this season, mm-hmm. which is an excellent record. Um, he is he is his game management's excellent. He knows when to come for the ball. Um, he can help ease pressure off the defence when you know times can get a little bit um, under pressure. Um, but yeah, I think he's I think he's been f- fantastic. But Lee, we've, you look at the other goalkeepers that we've got in the squad. I don't think there's one under the age of 21. Do you think any of them deserve a chance, or do you think? Oring could be looking for a number two in the near future. A, a, a more experienced number two to give us that cover. No, personally, I think Sergeant is going to be a good keeper. And I think, given the chance, I mean, he's been unlucky. Like, like you said, Bill's uh, played the, the trophy games, which I know is like sort of bewildered a few people, but that's the decision that's been made. But I think Sergeant comes through. Maybe he needs to go out on loan, like for a little while, to get that bit of experience, that match day experience. But um, personally, for, for me at the moment, I, I see Sergeant coming through to be the number one in the next year. He reminds me of like, like Paul Hild, sort of. I mean, Paul Hild was only 21 when he came in and we got promoted. I can see Sergeant doing that. Well, yeah, no, he's, he's looked impressive when he has played, but he just hasn't been given a chance at all. Uh, and another young keeper that's a lot seems to be raved about him, and he's, he's had a few successful loan spells, is Arthur Janata. Um, have you seen much of him? Were you at the Welling game the other week? Yeah, I watched you. Um, yeah. And, do you think that's another one we've got on our hands that maybe just isn't doesn't have the chance to have an impact on the squad? Oh well, I mean, three keepers. I mean, you've got Charlie Granger in as well. I think he's injured though. But I think has he got a wrist fracture yeah. in it? Are you? Yeah. But on, on paper, I mean, realistically, do you need more than two keepers? Sort of thing. Like, say, Sergeant's number two. He can't even get get in the side. Yeah. So, do you need Arthur? Do you need like do you need Charlie on the books? I don't know. I mean, for me, Arthur. Seen Arthur a lot when he was like in the 18s and all that. And uh, my, my concern with Arthur is, is, is he tall enough? But he's a good keeper. But, yeah. I think what's worth remembering with Arthur in particular is he's only what 18 years of age. Um, particularly for a keeper, that's you know it's a very young um, young age to be. Do you think he's going to hit a growth spurt? 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know. He's, he's 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 a very good keeper, and and the club obviously rates him very very highly. And, um, it, and more importantly, his um, attitude is exemplary. Um, but you know, he's he's just a player that you're going to need time for. There's no no rush in in bringing him through. Um, he's having a really good spell on loan at uh, Bishop Stortford right now. Their Twitter account described him as uh, making a Gordon Banks-esque save yesterday, um, which I'd love to see. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's just there's just no rush with him. How tall was he kick see us? Because he was a pretty good keeper as well, and he was short. But um, what stood out for me yesterday was Justin only used two out of his three substitutes. Do you think that's Trevor down to a lack of squad depth or um, maybe a lack of quality in depth in certain areas? And do you think if we had more options on the bench, could we potentially take a more from the game? Most times I uh, watch Oren, I agree with every substitute Edinburgh Virtue makes. The, I, nothing comes into question, he may have just um, be holding back because of an injury, but personally, I, I'm the same, I like to see a bit more Satori. But overall, I see most home games you think he's going to change this one for that one, and he does. So when you're sort of agreeing with the manager and he does it, you've got to have that trust in him. And so far, there's not many uh, decisions he's made that any fan could really question, to be honest. And when you're still the top spot, you have to uh, keep going on that. But maybe he could have took maybe Brophy off and gives the Tory a run. I don't know. It's We don't know what he's thinking, but generally most of the time it's... I like his decisions. No, no problems with him. Right, so we've got a new section of the show to bring to you now, boys. I think you're a little bit nervous about what's to come. So the brand new Orient Tower section is a minute to win it. We're going to ask Lee Boyce, Trevor Singfield and Howard Miller some questions on the game yesterday against Hartlepool and they've got 60 seconds to answer as many as they can. We'll be doing this every week and we'll have a little leaderboard and see who can get the highest. So boys, if you don't know an answer, just say pass and we'll move on to the next one. Are you ready? You ready? Yeah. Yeah. You're ready. Here go we go. We played Hartlepool yesterday, but what's their nickname? Yes. yes. Joby McEnough scored yesterday, but in what minute? 22nd. Yes. What colour boots was he wearing? Blue. Pink. Oh, I'll take your first answer, which was pink, and it's incorrect. They were red. Uh, who did his shot deflector for the goal? Hartlepool player. <laughs> it was Miles Anderson. Um, who scored the Hartlepool equaliser? First name as well. Begins with a K, isn't it? Surname. Yeah. Pass. Pass. It was Nicky Kabamba. What minute did he score in? 45. 45 plus. Four. Yeah, we'll give you that one. Uh, what number did he have on the back of his shirt? 22. 29. Um, who forced a save from Loach in the 90th minute? Willis. Yes, and who supplies Hartlepool's kits? Umbro. It's Nike. Uh, what's the official commercial name of their ground? Six Stadium. I'll give you one more chance. Super Six Stadium. It was... Uh, so you've, how many did you get there boys? You've got one, two, two. No, I'm counting. That's just me counting, you did better than that. You've got, you got one, two, three, four, five, six. Correct, they're not bad. Decent effort. Like that. Decent. 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 We were going through the questions with Elliot before this show and he, he was too scared to do it, I think. So you've done well there. I, I liked how Ollie went, started the countdown there and then took five seconds to answer, ask the first question. <laughs> oh, all right, I'm getting, getting quite personal now. <laughs> no, but uh, well done, lads. Well done. So 
we now want to go over to we want to move over to you, Elliot, and we've you put out on Twitter as well that you wanted people to find out a little bit more about what it is you do at the club. You know, we see content coming out daily, but how deep and how much does your role go at the club? How deep does your job go? Oh, Christ. Um, <laughs> Every inch of it. <laughs> um, well, obviously, I'm the media manager at the club, so my responsibilities cover um, managing press relations, um, updating the social media accounts, uh, controlling, obviously, the website, um, creating and, and filming content, um, and then, you know, on the match day, create, you know, organising interviews with... Uh, you know, press organisations, um, you know, managing photographers, um, managing, obviously, sorting out what the opposition media gets, you know, where their access gets to go, etc., etc. It's, it's a job that I love doing, and uh, I'm really honoured to be doing it at Leighton Orient. And you did put out on Twitter that um, if any fans have any questions and want to ask about what you do to get in touch, and you can do that by tweeting Elliot Byrne, he's put a tweet out, but also tweet us at the Orient hour and we'll put your questions to Elliot. Um, but Elliot, you took over the job, what, about a year ago now? Started January last year, so January 6th was my first game last so, year. So you've been doing it for about a year and a month, but how much work kind of behind the scenes has it taken to propel Orient's media content kind of as far as it has? Um, yes, it's always, it's always a lot of work and a, um, a real, you know, t- team effort as well. Um, I'm fortunate to have a really good team with me so um, working full time alongside me is my you know, media executive Courtney Hudson who, who's done a fantastic job since he's come in um, his skill set really complements my skill set which has really helped us boost things and it, it takes a bit of the pressure off me because I can you know he, he holds an awful lot of responsibility in, in uh, you know day to day about which uh, so quite a lot like the program for example now is is done by Courtney um, he's, he's a really strong writer and um, you know, he's got a really good work ethic um, which allows me to focus sometimes more on, on content if, if that needs to be done so that's really allowed me to start off with like the, the, the O show for example so um yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but I've got, I've got a really good team around me. Well, because I was going to say, you, there's been quite a, a number of new things introduced this season. You've got the O Show, which I know about. <laughs> you've got... You've got um, that was another shameless plug to us in a row now. Um, you, you've, you've got the Giphy thing that's come in. Sure. You, where we're, we're streaming live games. Tell us a bit more about also what we've got in store. Yeah, so um, obviously one of the major things that we introduced this year was the um, the O show with Ollie, um, who's done a very good job at hosting the show. Thank um, you. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I now get to go home. <laughs> no, and he he um, obviously does it for free, which is a, and during the week, which is obviously a great, um, you know, really appreciated. Um, and that show's doing really well at the minute. We're sort of averaging between sort of 10 to 12K views on Facebook alone, for example. So that, that's hitting a really good audience and, and growing all the time. Um, Giffy was a little thing that we, we worked hard to introduce over, over the sort of summer. We introduced it in sort of January time um, and 
we spent the few months before that populating the account and that's just about to hit 15 million views which serious is serious numbers that is yeah serious um, numbers. which is doing really well so um those uh, those things in particular are things that we can look to uh, you know grow in the next in the you know the coming seasons and and take to future levels but um i'm really pleased with how our content's going at the minute and obviously there's definitely areas in which we you know we we review every aspect of our media output um all the time um and we'll always look to improve that where, where we can now you mentioned the uh, international streaming tell us uh, a little bit a little bit more about that and and, and uh, it reaches quite a few countries doesn't it yeah um so the international streaming is something that um obviously has been really pushed by our board um david travis who, who's obviously the son of nigel he's he's worked really hard on making it a reality um, it's really he's been the one that's really been the driving force behind it um he we've we've now been able to do league matches which is really great uh, we you know that's taken a while to get uh, was that just an agreement that the club and the national league had to come to yeah so we we recently uh sort of pitched towards all the national league clubs we obviously have to get the agreement of the uh the, the clubs in question um and obviously the national league and then you, you there, there are obviously different guidelines that you have to meet regulations so for example why why we can't sh- uh, stream it in the uk because of the uefa 3 p.m blackout for example um but it's, it's going really well we're sort of I think one of our recent streams sort of hit about 27 countries or something like that. So we, we're getting a really good audience for it. And um, yeah, it's definitely something we can obviously improve. We'll continually look to improve the product. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's, one, it's one that we're learning as we go, but um, it's, it's, I think it's been a really positive addition to, uh, to the output this season. And can you inform some of our international fans of when they can be expecting to to have an international gym again or is that off the cards um uh, i don't know off the top of my head um i'm sure they'll look to have one um asap um um just keep an eye on our social channels uh, to get the latest news on that now you, you do an awful lot you know let's not beat about the bush you do the o show you, you're running social media content you even put stuff out on sundays do you have a social life <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just all about managing um, your time responsibly. Um, you've got to be careful not to spend too much time doing stuff and, and sacrificing the social life. But that, that's the reality of working in football. Everyone who works in football knows, you know, knows what it's about. Um, I think that's something I manage quite well in terms of, you know, doing what I need to do on a social level, but um, managing the content that we put out. It's just, it's just how it is. And what I'm quite interested in, Elliot, you you obviously work quite closely with Justin and the lad. You're at the training ground a fair bit. You travel to away games overnight. You stay in the hotels. Sure. What's it like actually being around them and being part of that group of people, considering you're not a coaching staff or a player? Um, we're rather fortunate that we've got such a, a good core group of, of people at this football club. Um, and obviously sort of led by by Justin and you know the coaching staff Ross Danny you know, all, all the coaching staff deserve a mention there all the footballing staff rather deserve a mention there um, and then the group of players we've got have been uh, are really good characters um, which I think you know been a, a real essence on 
on how Martin Ling and Justin have sort of brought players to to the football club. Um, so in that regard, you know, we, we've got a really good group, which makes my life very very easy, and um, and more so, we've got a group of um, sort of decision makers at the club that um, really allow us as a media department to explore, to be creative, to be uh, you know try things out and um, that really helps us create uh, dev develop new ideas that we can that really can add stuff to um, our output and um, yeah it's been a real pleasure to work with them so far so to put you on the spot here is there anything that the O's fans can be expecting anything new in, in the pipeline or are you keeping your cards close to your chest I'm not going to give any way, anything away <laughs> that I don't have to um, look, we as I said before we, we continually review um every aspect of our our uh, our media output we're already we've already started planning for next season um so there's some you know certain projects that we're working on for next season and um things that i think will be really exciting um but we've obviously got a major hopefully a really positive final two months of the season three months of the season to go so we're obviously focused on managing that as well because it obviously must be much easier much more enjoyable if you're winning games putting together the highlights I bet it's miserable if just after a loss you're there putting the goals together <laughs> yeah I've, I've kind of done both stages with last season and this season to be fair but um, yeah, it's been really good it's been a really positive season um, and it's you know, it, it does it does of course it does it makes your life so much easier when uh, when things are going well on the pitch and overall, finally, before we move on, how pleased in general are you with kind of the reception that it's getting? And and let's compare it. Let's compare it to like the League One and Two sides. It's good, isn't it? I'd like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. the way the fans have been receiving it, because it is, it's, it's well received. It, they don't. There's never really a bad word said about it online. And it, it, I must be pleased. I think we've got a really engaged fan base. Um, I mean, I don't spend much time analyzing completely like fan bases of other clubs but um from you know the, 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 when we've analyzed what other clubs have been doing it seems that our fans engage more so than quite a lot of the clubs which is really nice because um you, you you learn quite quickly how well your content's going down um and uh, you know fortunately it's all seen majority of it seemed to be well received so far and um but if you know there's anything that any feedback that anyone ever wants to give me um, my email's on the website or just drop me a message on Twitter I'm more than happy to receive uh, feedback good or bad <laughs> good, good, good to hear. just not too bad yeah it's not, not too, too bad, bad. <laughs> it's quite sensitive um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of bad though is no, it? I mean, it's no, phenomenal it's, work that Elliot does like mm. Courtney does I mean the, the, what I said, the, the way it, everything come in from my point of view from our point of view especially the older generation we look at some of the stuff that comes out and we're just like amazed guys like as he thought of that, like, mm. you know what I mean? It's brilliant to, to actually see, like, and I, see, I think with the club, the, the way the club's moved forward, the media side has really pushed it and kept it going and, and got, I think a lot of it, uh, people, the new fans coming in, they're seeing this media side as well, and it's, it's drawing them as well. I think it's drawing a lot of new, especially young kids. Yeah. Well, oh. I went to that because my son's 15, or in mad, but your content of the O Show and that, probably wouldn't have appealed to me to start with, but he's all over it. And it, when you're in that generation of fan, and we are seeing, like we said, loads of generation, and it, that, is, that is absolutely spot on. And I'll I, I doff my caps all of you because it, it's an endless task trying to get new fans because the quicker you get them, we have a lull, they go somewhere else. And 
people spending hard earned money and then we're getting youngsters coming it's, it's fantastic for our football club I think I think it's uh it just gives me an opportunity to uh, shout out a few other staff members at the club. You know, the likes of um, Dave Toyne at the club, who's recently sort of come in the last sort of start of this season. And his, you know, a lot of his job is about getting new fans to the club and more importantly, keeping first time uh, viewers at the club. Um, and he's doing a phenomenal job at that. And there are, you know, particularly like the fan zone, for example, is a new thing that's been added a couple of times this season, which seems to have gone down really well. Um, and that's something that we, um, Dave's got plenty of ideas on how to progress that even further. And, you know, just the rest of the staff, like the, the Joshes, the Lindsays, the Lucys, you know, the Sophies, the Dannys. There's plenty of nearly everyone at the club's doing a phenomenal job in their, you know, their own department, and um, it really helps the club push forward um, off the pitch, which I hope is sort of matching the form that's on the pitch. You've just won yourself a few brownie points there, mentioning all them names, haven't you, Elliot? Another kind of group of people I wanted to talk about, and it is related to the media, but it's our sponsors, Dream Team. They supplied four coaches yesterday, and it was one of many of, of incentives and, and great things that they've given to the fans so far this season. Um, but also, the media they release, like you said, the documentaries they're doing on us, the exposure, it's, it's so good to see that this interest generated from all across the Football League, isn't it, uh, Trevor? Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I've watched the, uh, the Dream Team stuff, and uh, yeah, it's very good. Um, Thankfully, I haven't appeared on it yet, like a few other the, uh, <laughs> people I know. But yeah, look, any information that goes out or any stuff about the O's gets far and wide. People will come because once you go boring, a lot of people don't leave. You know, I mean, the three of us sitting here have got 120 years of watching Orient, so it, it's just amazing. And and well, preaching to the converted in here, aren't we? But. Long may it continue getting out on social media, which is just a valuable tool in all walks of life, and when it's used the right way, of course. And um, sticking with the media theme, looking at Orient's official media that they released this week, uh, Joby's 700th career appearance was celebrated. He was on the O Show, picked as a seven-a-side team. We were reminiscing over his best moments in an Orient shirt. But um, can you see him stopping anytime soon, Howard? Not at the moment, to be honest. Uh, his fitness levels are uh, phenomenal, aren't they? You know, it's, it's a bit of a benchmark for all the others that play around him and, and the youngsters, I suppose, that you know train to every day. It's uh, he's like a spring chicken, really. He's got, mm. got a new sort of lease of life uh, since he's come back, and he's, he's been amazing. Just, uh, I think, I think Justin or somebody even said that uh, when they've done their, I don't know, their, their summer training, etc., and. Uh, training throughout this part of the season that he's he's been right up there with uh, the highest levels of uh, all the players which is quite incredible really for his age and, uh, and Joby was equally complimentary of Joby saying that uh, sorry Joby was equally complimentary of Justin on this week's social he said that he's one of the best managers he's, he's ever worked with he's up there it's good to see this nice captain manager relationship isn't it Lee it's key. It's key. It is key. I mean, I think that's obviously key to any successful team is, is the, the way they bond together. And when you've got a player like Joby, who's like re realistically getting the end of his career, he's just, as a fan, you just don't want it to end. Like, you know what I mean? He's, he's phenomenal. And like you say, with Justin, he's come in, he's brought in a lot of camaraderie. You can see, you can see the, just from the outside, you can see like the, the camaraderie amongst the team. And you can see he leads it 
And it's great to see. It's great because that's, that's it. I've said before. That's what builds winning. Winning mentalities starts on the training pitch. Elliot, just how important is Joby around the squad? Because you obviously spend so much time with him. He's oh, he's um, to state his importance. You, you you'd probably understate it really. Um, he's he's fantastic. Uh, he's a, a dream captain really in terms of. He holds all the players to the highest standards. Um, he's great at, um, you know, helping the bond between the team. Um, you just have to see the, you know, the, the benefits uh, for the, pl- the young players like Josh Cromer, for example, from sort of the mentoring that they have from him. Um, it, it, you know, it allows Justin, for example, to he doesn't need to be the one that's disciplining the players at times because Joby's the one that's doing it out there and. Um, and when you, you're on the pitch, he's the uh, he's a, he's a real calming influence. Uh, he, I think he's the example he sets as well. Just drives players to uh, to work harder. I mean, the he'll be out there after every training session practicing his free kicks, and and you know you've seen the impact that has because you'll have nearly every well you'll have every forward out there practicing their finishing. You'll have nearly every defender out there practicing. Uh, clearing, clearing, heading, and all that—the the extra work that goes into this team is is unbelievable. And particularly helped by the impacts of like Ross and Danny Webb, who 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 accommodate that. Um, there's a real good sort of work ethic, and that that's, comes from the top down. Give us one word to describe him, Elliot. <laughs> uh, exemplary. Lovely, beautiful words. Well, that's the second long bit of vocab you brought out tonight. I think it's also the the second time I've used that word. I don't have many more in the locker. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the Wrexham game has been moved uh, for live television coverage. Is this piling on more pressure on the boys? You know, fixture. You know, it's been been well spoken about this curse that we haven't won in the league since I think it was Brentford in 2013. JPT? No, 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 no. Brentford in the league. Yeah, sorry, in the league. Yeah, two nil. Sean Bell. What are your thoughts on that, Trevor? Well, I don't like early kickoffs anyway. That'd be my first complaint. Full stop. Because these Wrexham fans are going to be moaning about train tickets and not Orient fans. Um, I actually think it does disrupt. The, the match day experience for the players, everything. And yeah, all Orient fans will be negative about this on social media, but the game's not played on social media. Hopefully we're right on the money on the day and we can get an early kickoff with a good win. And it may be important because teams may be four points behind us and then they see seven. It's a big psychological gap for that three o'clock kickoff. I think Man United were notorious for doing it. They wanted to get it over yeah. early and then all the other, oh, Quite okay, and they, you know. So, a couple of weeks' time, we're going to be in that situation. I think it's all in the head, really. At the end of the day, I mean, Orient can lose any day of the week, whether it's on telly or not. They, well, I don't want them to lose too many times. <laughs> football teams are capable. I think it's just a fan excuse if we lose on telly. At the end of the day, at and Wood, where we lost one 0 we had five chances to win the game. Come on, you know, another day you could have won five one. So, I don't. I think all the fans have to be warned here because the experience of a friend who's supported Tranmere, our games are going to be switched left, right, and centre if we're still yeah. in the top two or three yeah. come the end of the season. The only ones they can't switch are the Tuesday night games when, if we progress in the the trophy, then they, I think we said before, it's going to be Saturday, Tuesday to the end of the season. But the Saturday games will get switched, so be careful with your train tickets, those fans. Well, you touched on your well, you touched on the negativity that was was going on on social media this week but Howard how much 
Do you think it being bigged up by the people in the media could, could have an effect on the result itself? Uh, I, don't, I don't think Justin will let it even sort of get to that, that level or anything like that. He'll just, uh, you know, he'll just be doing his normal training throughout the week and uh, just to get the team ready, even if it's an early kickoff. Yeah, obviously it's slightly disruptive because you do... You do different things. You've got to, you know, get to the ground early, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But you know, they're professional players. They they know their they know their, their duties, what they're supposed to do on that pitch. And uh, I don't think Justin will even, you know, let, let them have any focus on that. That if they read social media, you know, uh, so be it. Um, they might hype it up a bit. Um, the you know the uh, the tabloid, some of the tabloids, but just on the social media, the you know the local papers, etc. And obviously the fans. Um, but we need to be positive, to be honest. We don't want the players reading any of this. Um, um, you know, it's stupid to get negative with it. We need to we need to break this hoodoo thing, whatever you want to call it, um, sooner or later. So let it be the Wrexham game. And, and do you think the players do take any notice of this else? Um, no, no, I don't think they do. I think they're all professional enough to... Um, manage their social media appropriately um, there is I don't think there's anything to be scared of on social media but there's a responsibility when when you use it um, all the players know that by being active on social media that they are um, creating a method for 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 with for lack of better word feedback good or bad to you know to, to reach them but um that the, the players players are professional they you know they get on with their job they 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 do things the same way uh, and professionally whether it's um at 12 30 or a five o'clock or a three o'clock or you know n no matter who we're playing it's y you have to remain um professional regardless now les k's got in, in touch uh, via social media uh, at the orient hour um he's got a question for the panel um our early season form, do you not see that returning until the injured players return? You know, the likes of Josh Coulson, Marvin Ekpatea, James Dayton, and of course, Josh Karama. I think the form will come with the players coming back, of course, but I think you have to look at the run of fixtures as well. Um, sometimes the early season form, the, the teams we were playing were maybe more fortuitous in the, the games the way they went. I mean, I think we will do very well in the in the coming weeks, regardless who puts on the orange shirt. But my only fear is that the the teams around us, the Harrogates, the Files, who still got a busy in Wrexham, may come sort of semi part of us, and the onus then becomes on the orange to attack. And that's why we've gone to Files and won. That's why we went to Harrogate and won. We got. You can't take these results away from the O's. How, how very good they were. Everybody's gone. Oh, you won three one at Harrogate. What a great result. But my only fear would be the reverse, and I'm really looking forward to the Orient being positive on the front foot against these teams. And I, I, I do believe two points a game, and it's going to be squeaky bum time in Easter. And uh, bring on Braintree home, we only need a point. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Les, for the questions. And thank you, two boys in the studio, for coming in this evening been a pleasure but it's all we've got time for so we'd also like to say thank you to Paul Golder at Phoenix FM and Andy Gilson for making the show possible and we'll be here same time next week for another episode of the Orient Hour see you then